Hello, this is Jeff Windsor, and this is Lucky Words, a podcast where we talk about culture, art, and a good deal of poetry, ideally all while we're outdoors doing something cool. I'm in the Timpanogos Wilderness Area in the Uinta National Forest, and right now I am actually sitting at the base of a 200-foot-high cliff that's not just vertical, it's actually somewhat overhanging here. And I stopped and sat here for about five minutes because as I was hiking down to it, I heard canyon wrens singing, and I could see them flying around, and I love the sound of canyon wrens. They have the most beautiful song, just this descending, dwee, 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 dwee. And I thought, I want to record that. And so I sat down and I pulled out my stuff and I sat and turned on record. Nothing. They just stopped. And I let it run for a minute and I paused and I thought, okay, I'll sit here and wait. And I thought I heard a sound and turn it back on. No. And then once I did hear it, but I think it was so quiet, it probably didn't come through. And so I've just about given up on recording them. I haven't heard them or seen them in a few minutes. But I thought, instead, as long as I have the stuff out, I may as well record a podcast. I'm going to record one of my favorite, very short poems. This is William Carlos Williams, This Is Just to Say. I've eaten the plums that were in the icebox and which you were probably saving for breakfast. Forgive me, they were delicious, so sweet and so cold. That's it. It's short, huh? It was the first poem that I made my kids memorize when they were little, and I thought it was so cute to have my daughter, Mary, when she was just six years old, recite that poem to me. But one thing that was especially interesting is when she recited it, she does the same thing that nearly everybody does at the end of that. That last phrase... Forgive me, they were delicious, so sweet and so cold. She slowed down a little bit, her mouth rounds out. And I have a hard time listening to that without my mouth watering a little bit. In part, it's the sibilance of it. Delicious, so sweet, so cold. All those S sounds. And something ending with the O, that open old and makes me think of the plums and having a plum in my mouth, just the juice dripping down my chin. It's a funny poem. When I read it to my students, they describe it sometimes as a sorry-not-sorry poem. Kenneth Koch wrote variations on a theme by William Carlos Williams that are a little bit funny. One, I chopped down the house that you had been saving to live in next summer. I'm sorry, but it was morning. And I had nothing to do, and its wooden beams were so inviting. Two. We laughed at the hollyhocks together, and then I sprayed them with lye. Forgive me, I simply do not know what I am doing. Three. I gave away the money that you'd been saving to live on for the next ten years. The man who asked for it was shabby, and the firm March wind on the porch was so juicy and cold. Four. Last evening we went dancing, and I broke your leg. Forgive me, I was clumsy, and I wanted you here in the wards, where I am the doctor. All of those are kind of ironic, sorry-not-sorry poems, but they lack something that William's original has. Something in 
the sensuousness of his poem something that makes it I don't know it makes it feel different I'm going to read it one more time William Carlos Williams this is just to say I have eaten the plums that were in the icebox and which you were probably saving for breakfast forgive me they were delicious so sweet and so cold You can, of course, stop the podcast right here, but I'm going to tell a story that this poem always makes me think of, not in a related way, and not in any way that's repeatable to anybody but me, but it's a good story, and I'm going to tell it anyway. When I was an undergraduate at BYU, there was a conference called Education in Zion. There were talks and uh, forums and symposia all week long in various places, And I went and listened to one person speak in the Varsity Theater in the Wilkinson Center. And the man got up and gave his talk, and I took notes. I thought everything that happened that week was kind of marvelous. It's an event that I still think back on fondly. At the end of the week, they made a videotape about a roundtable discussion between certain of the luminaries who were there. And I bought a copy of that and watched it and watched it until I stretched out the VHS tape, and it was unwatchable. Anyway, after the talk, a man got up and said, Hey, for anybody who's interested, we have our reading and discussion group that's meeting up here in front. Anybody who'd like to participate is welcome to. The more, the merrier. Well, I thought, I got nothing better to do, and I've enjoyed the activities of this week, so sure, I'm going to go and listen. So I walked up front, and they made a large circle of chairs. There were probably 20 or 30 of us. And after we started talking, it was clear that only a handful of people knew each other and had been participating in this reading and discussion group before. The rest of us were all new, and nobody really knew each other, and we weren't interacting very well. And the person who was facilitating, as I recall, was not doing a particularly good job in bringing more people into the discussion. We had only been going for a few minutes when the back door flew open with a slam, and a giant walked in. He was probably six foot four with size 14 feet that flapped on the ground when he walked. He took giant strides down the aisle, and as he walked in, all conversation stopped, all eyes turned on him, and without pausing to see if we were having any conversation or discussion, he started to apologize. I'm so sorry, he said. I'm sorry I'm late. I knew this was happening. I wanted to be here, and I was late. We all just stared at him. He said, I knew this was going to happen, and I wanted to do something special, and so I went to the store to find something to show how how grateful I was for this discussion. He carried in his hand a paper sack, a small sack the size of of a lunch bag. He said, I was at Smith's, the grocery store, and I looked and looked and looked, tried to find something, and I found it. And he reached into the bag and pulled it out. He said, I found the perfect pear. I thought we could share it. It'll be a sacramental pair. Well, there were 25 of us maybe sitting around and one pair, and we stared at him blankly. 
We blinked and said nothing. He held the pear out to a woman and said, Let's share it together. You take one bite and pass it on to the next person. She will take a bite and pass it on. It'll go all the way around and we will share it together. In this way, it'll be our sacramental pear. The woman swallowed and looked up at this giant 20-something-year-old man holding a pear out towards her, smiling and nodding his head. And tentatively she reached up and took the pear. Everybody watched as she reached and took a bite of the pear. She held it in her mouth for a minute and then chewed and swallowed. The giant man was standing and smiling and nodding his head, beaming like this was exactly what he had hoped for. And then he said, Now, pass it to her on your left and let her take a bite too. The woman nervously took the pear from the woman before her. She spun the pear around to a clean spot, took a bite, and then quickly passed it on to the next person, who then tried to find an empty spot on the pear, took a bite, and passed it on. After a couple of people, we sort of stopped paying attention, and the conversation started to resume. By the time the pear got to me, there wasn't really any space left where I could bite where other people had not bite. I didn't know anybody in the room. But I took the pear, and I took a bite, and I passed it on to the next person. And as the pear went around that circle, I kind of lost track of it. I don't remember if it made it all the way to the end, or if it made it all the way around and part way around again, or what happened. But I do know that we sat and we talked, and I felt bonded to those people. Bonded even though I didn't know their names. Bonded even though we didn't exchange information. And as far as I know, I have never spoken or seen any of them ever again. I don't know anybody who's had that pair experience who was there with me. But it's one that I won't forget. And it's one I think of somehow every time I read this poem. Even though this is a sorry not sorry poem. There is something about pears and plums and fruit. I don't know what it is, but it makes me want to eat the orange I have in my backpack right now. <laughs>